Alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina min yahdihillahu falamudillalah wa min yudlilhu falahadiyalah wa nashadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lah wa nashadu anna sayyidana wa nabiyana wa maulana muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu sallallahu ta'ala alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama tasliman kathira amma ba'd Respected Allahs and brothers, we thank and praise our Creator and Sustainer Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for His innumerable bounties and favors. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to send down His most choicest and special peace and blessings and mercy upon our beloved and noble Master Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as well as the family and the companions of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Respected Allahs and brothers, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has informed us that before Qiyamah, many fitnas will appear, many trials, many tests will appear. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, Inna min ashrati sa'ah, verily from amongst the signs of qiyamah, ayya fi dhalmal, is that there will be an abundance of wealth. People will become wealthy. So on the one hand, there will be an abundance of wealth. Wa yakthur al-jahl. But on the other hand, people will become ignorant of their deen. So there will be an abundance of wealth, but people will be ignorant of their deen. Wa tadhhar al-fitan, and many fitnas will appear. Many trials, many tests will appear. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has informed us that before qiyamah, many trials will appear. So what is a fitna? What is a trial? A fitna is a test, is a trial wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing our iman and testing our deen, testing our commitment to his deen. A fitna is a trial, is a test wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing our commitment to his deen and he is testing our iman. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran Sharif, Do the people think that they will say amanna? We bring Iman. We have recited La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. We are Muslim. Do the people think that they will claim Iman and that thereafter they will be left alone and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not test them? وَلَقَدْ فَتَنَّ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ Most definitely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had tested, tested the people before us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had tested the nations of the past. فَلَيَعْلَمَنَّ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ صَدَقُوا وَلَيَعْلَمَنَّ الْكَاذِبِينَ So that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may differentiate those that are truthful in their iman from those that are false in their claim that they have iman. 
So a fitna is a trial wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing our iman. He is testing our commitment to his deen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran Sharif, Innama amwalukum wa awladukum fitna. Indeed your wealth and your children are a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By means of our wealth, by means of our children, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing our iman and he is testing our commitment to his deen. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Ya'ti ala nasi zamanun. A time will come over the people. Yakunu halakur rajul ala yadi zawjatihi wa abawayhi wa waladihi. That the destruction of a man will come about at the hands of his wife, his parents and his children. How so? Yu'ayyirunahu bilfaqr. They will criticize him for being poor. They will criticize him for having less wealth. And they will make such demands from him that he cannot afford to fulfill those demands. And thereafter he will start earning his wealth through unlawful means in order to fulfill the demands of his family. He will start to earn his wealth through unlawful means and in this manner he will be destroyed. His iman will be destroyed, his deen will be destroyed in order to fulfill the demands of his family. So therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran Sharif, Indeed your wealth and your children are a trial from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing us by means of our wealth and our children. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, for every nation there was a trial, for every nation there was a test. And the test for my ummah is wealth. By means of wealth, by means of uh, the things of this world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing our iman and testing our commitment to his deen. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, This world is very sweet. It is very lush and green. It is very enticing. It is very attractive. It is constantly calling us towards it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed us in this world. So that he may see what kind of actions we do. Do we obey his commands? Do we abstain from sin to the best of our abilities? Do we follow the blessed sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Do we sincerely strive to earn the happiness and pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Do we make an effort to prepare for the life of the hereafter? Or do we get caught up in the dunya? Do we, do we get caught up in the attractions and in the wealth of the dunya? And in this manner, we become unmindful of Allah and His deen. We chase after the, the dunya and in the process, we forget about Allah, we forget about His deen. We chase after dunya at the, at the expense of our deen. So, فَيَنْظُرَ كَيْفَ تَعْمَلُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to see what kind of actions we do in this dunya. Do we obey His commands? Or do we get caught up in the dunya? So thereafter, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Fattakud dunya. Be very, very careful of the dunya. Be very, very careful of the attractions of the dunya. Don't fall into the traps of the dunya. So, innama amwalukum wa awladukum fitna. By means of wealth, by means of our children, and by means of this dunya, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing our iman, and He is testing our commitment to His deen. And in this manner, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is constantly testing us by means of various conditions, circumstances, situations. And in this manner, by various things, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is constantly testing our iman and testing our deen. In fact, we can say that every favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also a test. Every favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also a test. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the ability to see. It is such a great favor from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let us for a moment close our eyes and imagine how difficult it would be to live in this world without the ability to see. It is such a great favor from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We can never thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enough for this one favor. But it is also a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited us from looking at certain things. So when our gaze falls on such things, do we turn away 
Do we lower our gaze and pass the test of Iman? Or do we continue looking and fail the test of Iman? So in this manner, every favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also a trial from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing us by means of his favors. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is constantly testing our Iman. He is constantly testing our deen. But as we get closer to Qiyamat, the fitnas, the trials will become more frequent and it will become more intense and more severe. On one occasion, a group of people came to Anas radiallahu anhu to complain to him about Hajjaj bin Yusuf. Hajjaj bin Yusuf was a governor of Iraq in the time of the Banu Umayyah. The Banu Umayyah were the first dynasty, the first family to rule over the Muslims after the Khulafai Rashidin. And they had appointed Hajjaj bin Yusuf as the governor of Iraq. And he was a tyrant and an oppressive person. He would use tyranny and oppression to subdue the people to accept the rulership of the Banu Umayyah. And the Banu Umayyah were doing certain things that were wrong. So the ulama, the scholars of deen, and in this manner the pious would speak out against the injustices of the Banu Umayyah, the wrongs of the Banu Umayyah. So Hajjaj bin Yusuf would have them arrested, he would have them imprisoned, he would torture them, he would persecute them, and he killed many of them. So Anas radiallahu anhu was one of the last few sahaba radiallahu anhum to leave this world. So he saw the error of Hajjaj bin Yusuf. So some people came to Anas radiallahu anhu to complain to him about Hajjaj bin Yusuf. So Anas radiallahu anhu said to them, Isbiru, be patient. فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَأْتِي زَمَانٌ إِلَّا وَالَّذِي بَعْدَهُ شَرٌ مِّنْهُ Because no error will come, except that the error that comes thereafter will be more severe, will be more difficult. No fitna will come, no trial will come over us, except that the trial that comes thereafter will be more severe. حَتَّى تَلْقَوْ رَبَّكُمْ Until you meet your creator and sustainer, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. سَمِعْتُهُ مِن نَبِيِّكُمْ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ I've heard this from Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم. So no error will come and no fitna will come except that the error and the fitna that comes thereafter will be more severe, more intense. You see, fitna by nature, it evolves over time. It starts off as something small, but over time it becomes more severe, more intense until it becomes a great fitna over us. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Adam alayhi salam to this world, and thereafter Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed Adam alayhi salam and our mother Hawa alayhi salam with children, with progeny. So Adam alayhi salam and his children, his progeny only knew the worship of one Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There was no shirk, there was no idol worship. When Adam alayhi salam came down to this world, he came down with tawheed, he came down with the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There was no shirk, there was no idol worship. And in this manner, Adam alayhi salam and his progeny worshiped one Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After Adam alayhi salam left this world, then his progeny continued to worship one Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But shaitan wanted to mislead the progeny of Adam alayhi salam to worship idols. He wanted to mislead them to commit shirk. So amongst the progeny of Adam alayhi salam, there were some who were very pious. They would worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throughout the day and night. They would constantly worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whenever they would make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah would accept their dua. So when any one of them passed away, shaitan whispered, into the hearts of the people that this was such a pious person you should remember him make a portrait of him a picture of him hang it up on your wall and whenever you see his portrait you will remember him and you will show respect to him and in this manner they began to hang up portraits of their pious in their homes and in their places of worship and over time shaitan misled them to replace those portraits with statues so now they had statues of their pious in their homes and in their places of worship and whenever they would see the statues they would show respect they would remember their pious they would not worship the statues, they would merely show respect. But the younger generation saw their elders, their parents, their grandparents doing this. So when the elders passed away, the younger generation decided to take this a step further. Shaitan whispered in their hearts to take this a step further and to make sajda to the statues. And now the statues became idols. This didn't happen overnight. 
It happened over many, many years. It was gradual. It started off as something small. It started off as something that was outwardly good. It seemed good. They were showing respect to their pious. But over time it evolved until it became a great fitna over the people. It became a great trial over the people. An example that we can understand, we can relate to is our dressing, people's dressing. Particularly women's dressing but also to a certain extent men's dressing as well. What was regarded to be immoral in the past has become acceptable to us. What, what kind of dressing that was, that, the kind of dressing, the type of dressing that was regarded to be immoral in the past has now become acceptable to us. And perhaps what we regard to be immoral will become acceptable in the future. Ask the old people and they will tell you how over time the dressing of people has degenerated, how it, how it has become immoral over time. So what was immoral in the past has now become acceptable to us. And what is acceptable to us will become, uh, what is immoral to us, what we regard to be immoral dressing will become acceptable in the future. Another very good example that we can relate to is the phone. When the phone was invented, it was merely a means of communication. There was nothing else to the phone. It was merely a means of communication. People used to communicate by means of the phone. Over many, many years, many decades it evolved until it, it, it has become what it is nowadays. And now it has become one of the greatest trials over us. Where would we ever imagine a time would come, a time would befall us when music is played in the masjid. While we are in salah, we are in sajda, we are worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Quran Sharif is being recited by the Imam Sahib and right behind him music is being played. Where would we have ever imagined a time that would come like this? And so many other evils and sins that have become easily accessible by means of the phone. So when it was first invented, it was something very simple, something that was good, it was a means of communication. But over time it evolved to become a great trial over us. So therefore once Anas radiallahu anhu said to the Tabi'een, now the Tabi'een are the best of this ummah after the Sahaba radiallahu anhu. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, Khayru ummati qarni. The best people of my ummah are my Sahaba radiallahu anhu. The Sahaba radiallahu anhu are the best. They are the most beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Their rank is the highest. Thumma alladheena yalunahum. And then those that come thereafter. Referring to the Tabi'een, those who never saw Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they never saw the era of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but they saw the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, and in this manner they learned deen from the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. So after the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they are the best in the ummah. So Anas radiallahu anhu once said to the Tabi'een, innakum lata'amaluna a'malan, verily you do some actions, you have some habits, you have some practices. Hiya adakku fi a'yunikum min ash'ar which you regard to be very insignificant. You regard it to be more insignificant than a strand of hair. It is something which you take very lightly. So you have certain habits, certain practices, certain actions, which you regard to be, you regard to be very insignificant. Whereas the Sahaba regarded such actions, such habits, such practices to be destructive to their Iman and their Deen in the era of Rasulullah So what is, what was unacceptable in the past has become acceptable to us. And what is unacceptable to us will become acceptable in the future. And this is how society degenerates. This is how the morals of society decays. It becomes corrupted and adulterated over time, over generations. And as time goes on, it becomes more and more difficult to hold on to our Deen because of how much people have degenerated. You know, nowadays, if a person is straight, then he is made to feel abnormal. So much of, so rigorously, they are making an effort to promote the LGBTQ. That if you do not fall under one of these categories, you are made to feel abnormal. If you are straight, you are abnormal. <laughs> that is how society has degenerated. So therefore, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa has said, يَأْتِيَ عَلَى النَّاسِ زَمَانٌ 
before qiyamah a time will come over the people as-sabiru fihim ala dinihi the one that is steadfast upon his deen kalqabidi ala al-jamr will be like a person holding on to a hot coal burning coal as society degenerates as time goes on society will degenerate the morals of society will become corrupted and it will become more and more difficult for us to hold on to our deen so therefore rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam says badiru bil a'mal fitnan hasten to do good deeds before the fitnas overcome you before the trials overcome you qati'u al-layl al-mudlim like the darkness of the night when it is dark at night and there is no artificial light it is completely dark then we cannot see where we are going we cannot find our direction because it is so dark we do not know whether to turn right or left we become confused similarly such dark fitnas will come over this ummah that it will cause us to become confused in our deen we will become confused in our deen we will not know what to do yusbihu ar-rajulu mu'minan in the morning a person will be a believer wa yumsi kafiran but by nightfall he will be a disbeliever wa yumsi mu'minan at night he will be a believer wa yusbihu kafiran but by daybreak he will be a disbeliever yabi'u deenahu bi'aradin min ad-dunya he will sell his deen for a little bit of the dunya so such dark fitnas such dark trials will come over us that it will cause us confusion in our deen and in this manner people will sell their deen on account of these fitnas the in this world the greatest fitna to come over this ummah in this world the greatest fitna to come over this ummah will be the fitna of dajjal rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam says fa sharru ghaibin yuntadhar dajjal is the greatest evil that is being awaited dajjal is the greatest evil that is being awaited he will claim to be allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he will grant prosperity to those who believe in him he will grant cure to the sick he will bring sight back to the blind he will bring the dead back to back to life he will grant life to the dead earth and in this manner he will grant prosperity and ease and wealth and comfort luxury he will grant a soft life and easy life to those who follow him whereas those who reject him who disbelieve in him he will persecute them he will torture them they will suffer humiliation they will suffer disgrace they will be tortured they will be persecuted so it will be a very difficult time for the believers because we will know that he is not allah how can he be allah how can he be a deity we have iman but we know how much we like a soft life we know how much we how much we like comfort and luxury we know how much we like wealth and how much we dislike humiliation disgrace poverty hardship affliction so it will be a very difficult period for the believers what do we choose do we choose prosperity but disbelief or do we choose hardship difficulty afflictions humiliation deprivation but our iman fa sharru ghaibin yuntadhar He is the greatest evil that is being awaited but we do not know whether we will see the era of dajjal those that have passed away allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved them from the era of dajjal and those of us that are living perhaps we may see his era or perhaps allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may take a, take us away from the dunya before that but there is one evil or one one fitna rather one test that is awaiting all of us those that have passed away those of us that are living and those that are those of us that are to come in the future it is awaiting all of us and this trial this fitna is much more severe than the jahl and that fitna that trial is the day of qiyamah fa sa'atu adha wa amar rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam says the day of qiyamah is the greatest misfortune that will come over us that is the day wherein allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take our final examination he will take our final test that will be the final fitna the final test wherein allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will decree whether we were truthful in our iman or we were false in our iman and all these trials in this world are preparing us for the trial of the day of qiyamah and therefore if we pass in these trials of the dunya 
then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant us success in the hereafter. But if we fail in the trials of the dunya, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. We may fail in the trial of the day of, of, the day of Qiyamah. So on one occasion, Jibreel alayhi salam said to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, very soon, many trials are going to come over your ummah. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam became concerned for his ummah. He, he became worried about his ummah. Then how can my ummah be saved from these trials? So he asked Jibreel alayhi salam, فَمَلْ مَخْرَجُ مِنْهَا يَا جِبْرِيلِ O Jibreel, how can my ummah be saved from these trials? How can they be saved from these tests? So, so Jibreel alayhi salam said to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the solution is very easy. The solution is very simple. And we should never despair. We should never feel despondent. We should never fear the fitnas. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted your ummah Kitabullah, the Quran Sharif. The Quran Sharif is our protection from all the fitnas. If we hold on to the Quran Sharif, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect us from the fitnas. But if we abandon the Quran Sharif, then we are likely to fall into the fitnas. So first and foremost, we have to have absolute conviction that the Quran Sharif is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the absolute truth. There is no falsehood whatsoever in the Quran Sharif. And that the Quran Sharif is only beneficial. There can be no harm whatsoever in the teachings of the Quran Sharif. How can there ever be harm in the teachings of the Quran Sharif? How can the teachings of the Quran Sharif cause our decline, cause us to remain backward? We should never think like this. That if I hold on to the Quran Sharif, I will remain behind, I will remain backward. The people of the dunya will advance and I will remain backward because I'm holding on to the Quran Sharif. So we should have absolute conviction, absolute yaqeen that the Quran Sharif is the truth, absolute truth. There is no falsehood whatsoever in the Quran Sharif and that the Quran Sharif is only beneficial. There is no harm whatsoever in the teachings of the Quran Sharif. And that my success and salvation lies in holding on to the Quran Sharif. And in this manner, we have to hold on to the Quran Sharif, the teachings of the Quran Sharif, and the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that is our protection from all the fitnas. So in conclusion, we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect our iman. May he protect our deen. May he protect us from the various trials that we are faced with in this world. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq to hold on to the Quran Sharif. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq to follow the Quran Sharif and to follow the, the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq to make amal. Wa akhiru da'wana anil hamdulillah. <coughs> أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله
الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه يجمعين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اتقوا الله وصلوا خمسكم وصوموا شهركم وأدوا زكاة أموالكم وأطيعوا أمراءكم تدخلوا جنة ربكم وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام إن الدنيا حلوة خضرة وإن الله تعالى مستخلفكم فيها فينظر كيف تعملون فاتقوا الدنيا واتقوا النساء فإن أول فتنة بني إسرائيل كانت في النساء وكان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول اللهم إني أسألك الهداء والتقى والعفاف والغنى وكما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بالآيات والذكر الحكيم أستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه يجمعين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على محمد وأزواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر وأصدقهم حياء عثمان وأقضاهم علي وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة وحمزة أسد الله وأسد رسوله اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذوهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحب أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم وخير أمتي قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم رضوان الله تعالى عليهم أجمعين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنه وفي الآخرة حسنه وقنا عذاب النار عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغ يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون أشهد أن محمد أشهد أن محمد رسول الله يا رسول الله يا رسول قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين 
سبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والذي أخرج المرعى فجعله غثاء أحوى سنقرئك فلا تنسى إلا ما شاء الله إنه يعلم الجهر وما يخفى ونيسرك لليسرى فذكر إن نفعت الذكرى سيذكر من يخشى ويتجنبها الأشقى الذي يصل النار الكبرى ثم لا يموت فيها ولا يحيا قد أفلح من تزكى وذكر اسم ربه فصلى بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا والآخرة خير وأبقى إن هذا لفي الصحف الأولى صحف إبراهيم وموسى الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين هل هل أتاك حديث الغاشية وجوه يومئذ خاشعة عاملة ناصبة تصل نارا حامية تسقى من عين آنية ليس لهم طعام إلا من ضريع لا يسمن ولا يغني من جوع وجوه يومئذ ناعمة لسعيها راضية في جنة عالية لا تسمع فيها لاغية فيها عين جارية فيها سرر مرفوعة وأكواب موضوعة ونمارق مسفوفة وزرابي مبثوثة أفلا ينظرون إلى الإبل كيف خلقت وإلى السماء كيف رفعت وإلى الجبال كيف نصبت وإلى الأدض كيف سطحت فذكر إنما أنت مذكر لست عليهم بمسيطر إلا من تولى وكفر فيعذبه الله العذاب الأكبر إن إلينا إيابهم ثم إن علينا حسابهم الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم أنت سلام ومنت سلام تبارك يا ذو الجلال والإكرام اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير اللهم لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا ينفع ذي الجد منك الجد ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكوننا من الخاسرين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار يا رحم الراحمين فقف دي أمة فرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا رحم الراحمين هف مزيون أمة فرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا رحم الراحمين grant ease and well-being to the أمة فرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا رحم الراحمين grant relief to the أمة فرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا رحم الراحمين hold back the hands of the oppressors يا رحم الراحمين hold back the hands of the oppressors يا رحم الراحمين hold back the hands of the oppressors 
grant he died to the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Rahman Rahimin, bring us back to your deen. Make us obedient to your commands. Make us follow the blessed sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rabbana taqabbal minna innaka anta s-sami'ul alim. Matub alayna innaka anta tawabul rahim. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi sayyidina Muhammad. Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallam. Walhamdulillah.